I think it's really important that employees have that opportunity to grow because if they can grow, they feel like they're contributing. If they're contributing, they're engaged with your business. If they're engaged with your business, then that reflects on the outside of the customer, also ensures um, it helps with loyalty and reduces turnover. In business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate, and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but is to be the favorite, the favorite in the eyes, the mind, and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at leadthroughvalues.com. I'm James Mayhew, your Chief Culture Officer, and you're listening to Lead Through Values. Well, welcome back to another Lead Through Values podcast. I'm James Mayhew, and today I have lined up another wonderful guest and her name is Barry Richter. And I've known you, Barry, for I think a little over a year now, maybe maybe pushing a year and a half, somewhere in that area. And we met through a networking group that we're both part of called Center Sphere in Cedar Rapids. And you actually make a little drive just as I do to attend that. And the first time that that you were there, I was like, man, this lady's pretty cool. She's she's got a cool mannerism to her. I like the way she speaks. She's very honest. And, uh, and then we had a conversation, um, and, and then, then multiple conversations since then just about our work and where our two areas of work cross over. So you are the founder and owner of a, uh, graphic design and sign business called convey signs in Waterloo, Iowa. That's been, I think you told me about four years on that. So tell us Barry, a little bit about what you do and your background. And then I want to go further into your work history too, just to kind of set our conversation up today. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm super excited to take part in this and be a part of this conversation because I think it's something that businesses don't have enough of. Um, I, there's so much more to a business than just pushing your product out the door. Um, and that's why when we, you and I have had the chance to talk about values, it's excited me because it is the core of who a company is. So anyhow, let me back up. Convey Sign Solutions um, is a sign company, but we're not the, the uh, we're a sign company in Waterloo. Our specialty is doing graphics that can help really reflect a brand or values, which to me values are go just hand in hand with, um, with a company's brand. So we help design those. We put those in place. We have those conversations because I really feel that from a management perspective and also from a customer perspective, it's important to show that, make those your North Stars so that you can always keep oriented on what's important for you and your organization. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you so, know, and, and for many of the listeners that might be listening to me have never heard me talk about my past. I'll, let's. We're going to take a little dive into the uh, way back machine for both of us here. So for me, prior to, to me being in leadership coaching and consulting and and really having this passion around culture, 
uh, I was a graphic designer and before that I was a photographer. And so that was actually my entry point into entrepreneurship and being a small business owner um, back in the, in the early 90s. Started out with photography, um, started doing weddings, portraits, things like that. That morphed into graphic design as I was producing my own materials for marketing. And then I went into working at a, a local business on that and I really fell in love with it. And I never knew that that would lead me to where I am today. Barry, prior to you coming into this, it's like our backgrounds have this um, kind of like polar opposite kind of thing because you came from the management and leadership world. So talk to us a little bit about your experience in that unique industry. So um, when I got out of college, I jumped into the casino business, which had just become live in Iowa. Yeah. Um, and so it's an, an industry that was exploding and growing and changing and having to evolve from being originally based in communities like Las Vegas or Atlantic City and understand what Midwest values were and all the things that went with that. Um, and I had an opportunity to be in on that basically from day one and grow with the industry and see the changes that it went through. Um, I started off in accounting. Uh, found that quiet and still, not a good fit for me, <laughs> moved over to marketing, uh, took my analytical side that I do have and brought that to marketing, but understood the importance of messages and the importance of messages driving results and worked in that for quite a few years, moved into operations, which in the casino business means um, you, you know, slots, table games, hotel, restaurants, facilities, all those elements, um, and then ultimately um, finished up my career in the casino business as running a, a property that pushed uh, close to $100 million in overall revenue um, with you know, $25, $26 million in EBITDA. 500-plus employees and a lot of customers, we had a lot of opportunity to see some different things, um, you know, but some of the things I really loved was watching and working on when we had to launch a new brand mm -hmm. um, and how that worked, um, which I think really talks and carries through to values because we really had to hone in on making sure everybody could understand that and support that. Um, and I use the word support instead of buy-in intentionally. Okay. Ooh, well, let's explore that because I on occasion use that word buy-in. So let's talk about why you choose to do that. I, I've never heard you say that before. That's interesting to me. Um, the reason why, I think everybody starts with buy-in, mm -hmm. correct? I mean, you need everybody to buy into a concept, that they can agree with it, that they can see it, that they can understand it. But that next level that you get into understanding is when you support the concept. So you're no longer a purchaser of it you're also a provider of it. So that completely raises and changes your behavior. So it's a process, as with everything we do in life. You start with buy-in, but your goal is to get everybody to support and engage on that experience. That's awesome. I love I love that. So you've said a couple of things that, that I think really fascinate me. And uh, I've done some other... Um, interviews and podcasts where we've talked about brand and, and values and the convergence of those two things. So in your words, how is it that values and brand 
go together so well? Like you, you've talked about how they go, are hand in hand, you said a few minutes ago. So you can have a brand in, uh, that is um, very much about the customer experience. And let's say your brand emphasizes quality. So you've got the brand customer facing, you're emphasizing quality. But if your values behind that brand really only emphasize cost savings, that it's all about the financial numbers, it's all about the quick transaction, you're never going to deliver the quality message that your brand is pushing or wanting to portray and push out. So your values that support the brand have to align with your brand in the end. Otherwise, you are never going to deliver on your brand promise. That is fantastic. And I, I talk about that as like the gap that, uh, that we do a lot of times. And, and outside, we can do this great job of branding and creating marketing and campaigns to drive business to our businesses. But when the experience that the customer has doesn't line up to what has been marketed, you create a gap and people are savvy. They pick that up right away. They're like, yep, that's not exactly what we thought it was going to be. And it could be a quality issue. It could be a speed issue. It could be just product or price, any of these things. But that's so important that you're trying to, to match a tone that when somebody comes to your place of business, whether that is online or you have an actual you know physical storefront, that what they experience is at least as good as what it was said to be, hopefully it's better. Cause like now you're winning if you could make that a better experience, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, that old adage of, um, under promise over deliver. Hmm. So anytime that you can achieve that and, and in positive ways, um, that you, you are at a win with the customer. You have now set a new bar with the customer. Then once you've set that bar, you've got to continue to perform at that bar with them. Otherwise, they feel like you've violated um, contracts, a bit of a hard word, but in, they've established a contract of trust with you. Yeah. Um, and can you maintain that? And if you have to violate that contract of trust, are you in front of it to let them know what's going on and why? Because most people want others to do well. Um, and so helping them recalibrate when those challenges are happening are, are crucial. So to me, that sounds like being proactive instead of reactive. Would you agree? And could, do you have an example or even oh, a story yeah. around that? Um, you know, I think a great example would be one that's happened to us this week. Um, we have a client that we, they provide us artwork. They um, then in turn push the graphics out to their clients. And we work very hard for quick turn with them. Um, and the type of materials that they use a lot of, we typically have in-house and we're ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, in this one case, they placed a large order of some material I didn't have enough inventory in house. I had already thought I thought I did. I didn't go double check. Shame on me, mistake. Um, but said, "Hey, look at. I think we'll have. Or, you know, our plans to have these out the door tomorrow, and we should have them to you tomorrow." Then my team came to me and said, "We're short in materials by five feet." Oh no. Oh, yeah. So I I got on the uh, on the phone right away. Contacted my provider who provides me that materials and they had nothing in stock. So 
so they ended up getting and they they're drop shipping what I need from the manufacturing plant, but that just delayed everything. Um, so I had to get back in contact with my client saying, I'm so sorry. My team just told me that we were just a few feet short and really it was like we needed to do seven pieces and I didn't have enough material for the seventh piece. Um, so I was able to, I got with a client and said, hey, um, we're not going to get this in time. This is what I'm being told that I will have them in hand. You're our priority as soon as we have them in hand and we'll, um, we'll get it to you. But I wanted to let you know that this isn't working like I initially expected. Um, and I, I try to make those kind of conversations happen pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, with those clients so that they can also let those around them adjust their expectations. Oh, sure. Because there's a, there's dependency and handoffs and the people that you choose to partner with are a direct reflection of your own values and your own integrity. So if I partner with Barry in your business, Convey Signs, and I want to resell one of your products. So I say, Barry, I have a client. They need this. You, um, you, you know, you're, I'm your client, and so you provide that for me. You tell me I can get it to you by this date. It looks like this. Here's the price. At any point, there could be uh, an issue or just even a simple thing like you were just saying, hey, we, we just didn't have enough product on hand to complete this. The faster that you tell me, the better. Also, if you have told me about the quality of that product, um, maybe it's longevity, whatever it is, if I find out then from the customer that I re, you know, supplied it to, that hey, this didn't hold up. You told me, Jim Mayhew, that this was going to last five years. It's six months, it's already starting to wear. I have to then be able to come back and talk with you and say, okay, we need to fix this. And so you either support that and you go, wow, we had a, yep, there was a mistake with that particular film that we printed it on or whatever it is. I'll take care of you. We're going to make it right. Now that's integrity. On the flip side, you could say, listen, we did what we said we were going to do. I don't know what that customer did. This is on you to figure out. And you just kind of like, wash your hands of it, walk away and go, whatever, you know, you made your money. That's, that's Mayhew's thing to figure out. It's so important when we partner up with people that we know who we're partnering with and we learn so much when there are those little snafus, don't we? That, that's a values-based conversation and decisions. Absolutely. If you can get that feedback and figure out what went wrong, why it went wrong, um, I use the words postmortem, but you have that postmortem conversation and you do your best to try to make that safe. That's really hard for some people to feel safe mm-hmm. in those conversations. Um, and as a leader, I think that's a, always a a big challenge because people take a lot of pride in their work. So when you have to ask those tough questions to really figure out the whys and why something went wrong, you have to make sure they feel okay. Um, and that's, that's huge. You need in the world that we're in now with so many people who have found their niche and their specialties, you have to have people you can partner with so that you all Mm -hmm. can achieve more. And you learn so much in your partnerships, in your relationships, when things go wrong, you learn faster and more about that partnership, the strength of it, the, the values around it than you do when things are going perfectly. Right. When you can raise your hand and say, I have a problem 
and that person reacts to that problem and it helps you um, solve it, then that just solidifies trust. You talk, you use the word, um, I've heard you say it a number of times. I wrote it. Um, you talk about the North Star. Can you describe what you're talking about when you use that, that phrase right. that term, so North Star? Right. So for me, um, in my previous life, um, you know, we would have a lot of meetings and we would have employees from all different levels, from people who never finished high school to people who were, you know, master's degrees um, and extremely well-educated. And we literally would go in and we would put up the promise statement that we wanted to achieve in different meeting rooms and different back-of-house spaces. And then when we would have a discussion with the employees and they would maybe want to shortcut something or just weren't weren't feeling it that day we could i would literally in a meeting would use my hand to gesture to the thing and say was what you're talking about still meet the statement and then it allowed them after doing that some it allowed them to have that thought process on their own and I could we could use that moment Mm -hmm. as this is kind of our North Star this is what we want to achieve and this was our directional point and things that didn't flow or fit to that then we had to make a conscious I wanted us to make a conscious decision to execute from that strategy or from that promise I wanted if we were going to deviate from that I wanted us all to be aware that we were deviating from that and then how did we do what we could do that was right. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. And and again, now I'm starting to think about some other um, terms that I've heard other professionals in this space use, which is like that brand promise. You know, this is this is who we are. We're not going to deviate from that. And And if we can keep our eyes fixed on what we want to achieve, <clears throat> Here's one of the things that I love about culture. When you do that well, now as a good leader, as a good manager, coach, what you're able to do is help people connect to that North Star in a personal way because when they connect to what you're trying to achieve in a personal way and they're also getting some type of benefit from it that goes beyond a paycheck, it's it's that inner feeling of like, man, I did something really cool today or that felt really good when I saw this happen for that customer, you know, that that's when you start to take your brand into a different place. You start to really separate from your competition because now you're leading from a value standpoint and everybody knows what what's at stake. It helps with, you know, we're going to use words like engagement or buy-in or that support that you use because now they see when I come in and do my job, man, I'm actually making an impact and that feels good rather than just coming into task every day. I always hated this, Barry. This is something I've been thinking about for many, many years is the difference between going to work, which I think is a very positive thing. I think as humans, we're designed, we're created to do amazing work. But so many of us go to a job day after day where we just do task. And the and the concept of like task versus work is enormous. Task just means I could do it. Um, I'm just going to put this widget together today. I'm going through the motions. Between eight and five, you've got me. 
but before and after that, I don't really care. And I'm not really thinking about how to improve when I'm focused on my work as work and my values start to engage. And I start to look at this from a, a different, like, uh, I don't know, kind of a soul level almost is now this is when it becomes something bigger and more significant to me. I think um, when you were talking, what I was hearing in my head is that when you shift from task to work, a task is a task. And I, I wish there was something more profound I could say with that. But when you go into work mode, you're contributing to a bigger environment. And you take pride in moments of, you know, our product prevents X. Our product provides Y. Our product, you know, whether it's an emotional experience where it puts a smile on their face or it prevents a plane from crashing, you know, you all of a sudden quit saying, oh, I had to take care of this widget today. And it's, hey, farmers were able to get out in the field and they got the crops out and they felt really proud sitting in our piece of equipment. Um, and and I, I, having people be able to visualize that and understand how they're contributing is an emotional reaction. And I think especially with yeah. some bigger companies, and I'm talking about ones that are really have to be driven by shareholder value at a much larger level, it's really hard for them to make that gap between shareholder value and that emotional connection, especially on frontline. Well, Barry, let's talk a little bit more. Um, let's let's dive in into your world a little bit more because um, I wanted to ask you a question. It's like as a as a design firm that also like you're involved in the branding, you're touching marketing. You obviously are seen through a culture lens also because you get it. This makes you a very very uh, unique uh, agency because you get business at a level I think where just a sign shop probably doesn't get. And that's your unique experiences. This is what's going to set you apart. So could you just talk maybe a little bit about how that background and how your culture lens impacts your ability to serve your customers through signage and branding and marketing? So um, one thing that we have um, from a couple different levels is I have two people here that can do 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 design work for me. One, um, he's got a very clean aesthetic. It's very crisp. It's very clear. Um, it, it's very contemporary. The other one's aesthetic is much more um, textures, um, layers, um, lots of stuff going on in the artwork. So when I'm talking to a client, a lot of times I'm working through looking at what their materials are. I'll look at their website. I'll figure out what colors they're going into. So, and then I start trying to figure out which aesthetic do I need to aim them towards. Um, then after I figure out the aesthetic, then it really becomes down in to, I'll start asking him questions about, um, you know, what sets their business apart. Because a lot of people, especially when they're doing like vehicle wraps, they just know that they want to get their logo on their vehicle and they want their phone number and whatever number or whatever that is. Those guys or those people who operate out of their vehicles like that, having something that visually expands on who they are to me is really important. 
So mm-hmm. with that, I'm trying to find from them and get from them what's important to them and also what's their personality. So if they are the the guys that maybe have a little bit of a sense of humor, they're super approachable, um, reflect that in the graphic. Their customers will be drawn to them because they're good with that. The guys that are super professional, super polished, you know, they're about going and get the job done, but they're not necessarily about relationship building. That kind of feeling needs to be in their graphic, and that's a different look. So when we're looking at those projects, we try to think it through from that way so that we can help them execute to a brand promise that they don't even know they have. It's really important, at least to me, I think it's really important that employees have that opportunity to grow because if they can grow, they feel like they're contributing. If they're contributing, they're engaged with your business. If they're engaged with your business, then that reflects on the outside of the customer, also ensures um, it helps with loyalty and reduces turnover. Those are some significant things you just said. That's a great clip right there. Those things that you just said are so easily overlooked, especially when you're in a task mindset versus that work mindset. So that's really good. Hey everyone, this is James. And I want to tell you about an upcoming virtual coaching program called Accelerate. It's for high-achieving, success-minded people just like you who demand greatness of themselves and expect it of everyone around them. Accelerate will help you drastically improve communication in your business, reduce bottlenecks and busyness, help spark innovation and even creative thinking, and absolutely maximize team performance. Now, Accelerate is for business owners, executives. It's for up-and-coming leaders, anyone who is wanting to advance their leadership and to build their business capacity in 2021. The training starts in February and space is limited. Learn more at jamesmayhew.com. Now back to the podcast. Well, I have a question for you. So one of the things that, that we've talked about in our past conversations has been, you really want to wow a customer. You want to make sure that what you're giving them is going to help them. I think if I remember, I I don't know, I want to get into specifics necessarily, but I remember you sharing a story about how maybe you've guided a customer um, because you've, you've, you've actually understood their culture. You've asked enough questions. You've kind of understood like, Hey, they have this free flowing thing, or maybe they're a little more buttoned down, whatever, whatever cliche we would use to describe them. And they're looking for this. Has there been a time when you've had to kind of re- redirect what they wanted in the project to like, Hey, that's a cool idea. I'm not sure it fits with you. What if we did this? Talk to me about that. And then I'm kind of interested in that, in that perspective then Barry, like what, how did you approach that conversation? Because that might not be an easy conversation to have. Usually. So yes, I've had those conversations and I probably have those type of conversations. I would guess weekly. And the way I I couch those conversations to a client is they'll say, well, I think I need X, Y, Z. And I will say to them, depending on how, where I'm at in the relationship, and hopefully the trust is established, a lot of times I'll couch it with, you know, I can do X, Y, Z for you, more than happy to. But I got to tell you, I know or recognize you're new in business, you have a limited budget, Um, the product you're offering, whatever that sentence becomes, 
I wouldn't spend my money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to have much more impact with your goal if you spend your money this way. Hmm. Um, and sometimes they come back and say, no, I, I, I really, I really, really want this. Okay, that's fine. More than happy to do it for you. Don't want to take and, – and they usually, in their mind, they have reasons why they want it that way. I'm not going to sure. argue that point with them at all. All I'm – I use the money thing because money is a very personal thing, especially on smaller businesses or somebody who's yeah. managing a budget. budget. So if I can couch it in, if it was my money, I would look at changing it to X. Um, or I would think about this and, and then that's usually how I phrase it. Now, is that the, always the best way to go? I don't know. There's probably better ways, um, more than happy for that feedback. Um, but I, I do try to use the money angle as a way to get people to think differently. We had some conversations around this, like the first or even second time that, that we met. And one of the things that stood out to me is like, Barry, I see you as being, you know, more than just the the sign shop provider, right? You're, you actually, you want to develop that role of being that trusted advisor. You want to develop that relationship so that you can come in and, and you kind of like, you're essentially coaching and consulting with them. Because there's a couple of factors on this that I think I would do that from, but what might those factors be? Like, why would that be important to achieve like that level of relationship with a customer for your business? Well, I I mean, the thing that I do know that I offer that most sign companies don't is that I have a marketing background. I have years spent in a highly competitive industry um, where we were constantly changing brands, modifying brands, um, doing marketing messaging, having to implement those messages in a physical way within the facility that I work. So I have a lot of experience of when it worked, when it's worked great, how that's felt for me from pain free from when it didn't work great. And all I did was look at what I invested the company's money on and regretted every minute of it. Um, so I bring that emotional connection to what we try to do and what we try to provide. Um, and, and most comp- sign companies, they just don't have that. They may have a great installer. They may have a great electrician, and I've gotten out of any of the electrician work because that's not a good fit for my skill set. Um, but they don't have a great understanding of what it's to be like on the operating side. Now I wanna, I'm, I'm going to switch gears with us again. Actually, switch gears, change direction, all that stuff. You and I, in talking about having this this podcast, making this happen today, had a really interesting and I think incredibly valuable conversation around what it means to be a leader in transition. And these are things that you've gone through. Like That's why I think it was important to let people know about your your history, how you talked about starting out in the, the, the bookkeeping and accounting area, moving up through this. So you were, you were in transition and I think probably fairly rapidly and you experienced, this was your word when we set this up, that discomfort, you know, cause growth equals discomfort. So we talked about some ways to ease that, but talk a little bit about some of that transition that you've experienced 
again, all of this shapes who you are right now and how you provide incredible service to your current customers through Convey Signs. Thinking back, what were your experiences with that? My personal experience and then also watching people that we were leading and working with as they grow and develop, um, you know, people surround themselves with a support group. I don't, I don't care what level you're at in a company or in an organization, you have a support group of people around you. Um, mm-hmm. And when you move up through the ranks, the philosophy is a lot, you aren't supposed to be close friends with those that you manage because you can be seen as being unfair, you can be seen as playing favorites, you may divulge information you shouldn't divulge, all those things. And when you and I talked, one of the concerns that I've had that I saw in my organization in my past is that we told employees all those things about this can cause you problems if you maintain these friendships, but we didn't give them the support they needed to let go of those people that they were leaning on. Mm. And, and I know I made that mistake. I know I made that mistake because I, had, I didn't feel like I had any other place to go. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, it's one of those moments of I know I failed on it personally, and I know I failed as a leader to help people through that. I was just asking you that day to, to imagine a triangle and on that triangle are essentially, you know, stages in a ladder, right? And so when you're at the base of the triangle, uh, you get a lot of leeway. Like you can, you know, there's a lot of leeway for mistakes. There's, there's things that people just go, Hey, that's just Jim being Jim, you know, that's okay. Well, as you start to move up toward that top, the triangle narrows compared to the base. And so now the, that leeway for making those mistakes or for saying something that, that you got away with saying when you were, you know, just a regular employee, now you're say over an entire division, you cannot say those things anymore. And so as you get higher on that, that ladder, your leeway goes down. Your, your exposure is so much more. And I, you know, you think about that triangle, like you said, sliding up. And when you're at the bottom, you just, you're one of many people in the cogs. You may have only, you may just have exposure if you're on the bottom of the triangle game, mm-hmm. literally with the bottom of your triangle. If you're lucky enough that you are, uh, you know, your triangle slipped around, you may not have any exposure. You may be able to hide. But as you slide up, there's more people that can touch you. There's more important Mm -hmm. people that can touch you. And if you get to the top of that triangle, there's no place to hide. You're, Um, You're fully like you. The word exposure is so strong. It's so accurate there. Yeah, it's. And it's hard to make those adjustments. It really is hard because one of the things that you see um, Gallup talk about is when they're doing employee satisfactions, they'll talk about, do you have friends at work? At least that used to be one of their Absolutely. That's one of the Q12. It is. Do you have a best friend at work? And which is really great if you're in an organization that is not having explosive growth Um, maybe you're able to stay working in a team environment, but if you're in an organization where you're moving up, where's that best friend at? 
Is mm-hmm. he now below you? Mm-hmm. Is he now part of your team? Where is that person? And that's mm-hmm. tough. Well, and then that kind of comes back to the importance of, you know, your network that might be outside of it. So again, when you have people that you can trust and you have a mentor or somebody like that, who's gone through it before, and you can just say, listen, I can't tell you, you know, too much here, but here's the situation that I'm going through. Did you ever go through anything like that? And then they have that opportunity to say, yep. And here's how I messed it up. So don't do what I did. Or, or they'll say, here's how we navigated that. And that, again, is the value of having those relationships with people outside of it, because because there are times when you and you know this people who are listening to this podcast know this triangle analogy. When you get toward the top, it becomes not only do you have that greater exposure, it can feel very lonely. And and if you're the business owner or the CEO and I've seen this, I've had these conversations with CEOs, they're at the top of that. They're like, man, I just don't want to have to be, everybody's looking at me to make the decisions. I want to surround myself with a great team of people that that know what we're trying to accomplish, that share these same values that we have so that they can help make the decisions. Or call me out if I say, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to make this strategic acquisition. If you have the leadership team that that is honest with them, they have this opportunity to say, uh, James, that's the worst thing that I think we could do, and here's why. That is incredibly valuable. But if you just surround yourself with people that say yes all the time, uh-oh, now we've got a we've got a problem. Because first of all, we've got a values issue. Second of all, we don't have honesty, which is, again, values issue. And people are just looking out for themselves because maybe that acquisition is going to create opportunity for them. Even when they know that it could be a mistake, possibly a catastrophic mistake. So important to have those those trusted people, your inner circle. The the word that started coming to mind as you were describing that scenario is understanding how to balance ego and how to bring, um, you know, so the, the senior leader, you know, are you comfortable enough with, who you are to lead, which takes a certain amount of ego, are you comfortable enough to listen, which means Mm -hmm. you have to pull back on your ego. But you also need those people who work for you to have a strong enough ego to step forward and talk about what they, where they think things are going wrong. And if they don't have, that strong enough ego to do that, then you are going to be set up to fail as a leader. When I think about leadership, there's five, I'm going to call them attributes because I don't really think they're values. I think they're, they're an attribute that a leader has to have. First of all, you have to have confidence. You have to, you are required to have it because people are looking at you. And there's one thing that's really cool about confidence is that it breeds confidence, like it instills confidence in others. But you also have to cover that confidence with humility. So there's the second one. And that humility reminds you that you don't have all the answers as all the success that you've had wasn't yours by yourself. It was a team effort and you have to like take feedback. The next one is courage. You've got to have the courage to have the hard conversations to make the difficult decisions. And that could be, you know, in a, in a year like 2020, that might mean we've got to cut 30% of our workforce or it's that hard conversation with that 
brilliant jerk employee that's causing toxicity and you've got to make a, a courageous decision to fire your top performer because they're actually causing more harm to your business than good. And then the, then the fourth one is empathy. There's so like almost everything that's ever happened as an invention has come out of some form of empathy. And I, I think one of the easiest ways to illustrate this is, is if you look at like the prosthetics industry, like if somebody loses a limb in a tragic way, whether that was from a disease or an accident, we can restore something to them. And they're constantly innovating based on that feeling of empathy. We can give you this back. And then the fifth piece is, um, I'm just going to call it drive, which is Patrick Lencioni would refer to it as being hungry. Other people might say it's about ex action and execution. I just think it's drive. And that is that taking that ambition and harnessing that in a way to make stuff happen. That's, you know, without that, those other four pieces are really good, but you also have to have that drive to do stuff. Um, I'm just going to say this in the time that I've known you, I see all of these things in you. And I, it just, it, it just is so cool because when I see that and, and being able to call it out for you right now, I, I I'm sure you've never heard me say this to you yet. I, I know I haven't said it. It just is, it's awesome to know that there's people out there that are running businesses in a way they're leading with those five things and, and they just want to go and make an impact. You know, money's important. That's why we do it, but there's so much more to it. We don't just go into it for the money. No. There's a bigger purpose at hand. No, if, if it was, and I thank you, by the way, that's, really kind of you to say and nice of you to hear and as you were going through those attributes where my head was going I'm like that's a really good way to articulate ego I really like that <laughs> so um yeah no so I could go make more money working for a different company I really could I I, I mean I absolutely could um I could have stayed in the casino business um but it wasn't feeding me. And I don't mean mm -hmm. like physically. I mean, everybody needs to find that thing or things that feed their soul. Um, it, and it wasn't the type of role I needed to be in for those type of organizations was not feeding my soul. Hence pivot. Life's short. Yeah, right. And 2020 showed us how important that is. Yep. Well, Barry, as we wind down here, um, I want to make sure that um, people know how to find you. If you're in eastern Iowa and particularly in the, the northeast Iowa area, how, how do you get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, from a, you know, hey, let's talk brand and figure out way we can do signage um, or materials in your um facility, whether it be on vehicles or in your conference room, I welcome those calls. I think one thing we've all learned in 2020 is that Zoom works wonders to develop those relationships, and I am more than happy to sit down and help people think through those concepts and then also tie those concepts to the physical environment, that I can do that for anybody anywhere. I also have um, a lot of relationships that I can tap into across the United States. So let's say something's designed and developed, I can reach out to partners that I have in other states to work on the installation part of that. So that's cool. These conversations feed my soul. 
Um, so I absolutely welcome somebody who is, you know, wanting to work through that and talk about that. They can reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Barry Richter. And my first name is spelled B-A-R-I. Um, last name is Richter, like Richter Scale. Um, Convey Sign Solutions uh, is also on LinkedIn, and our website is also Convey Sign Solutions, or just to make it easier, it's uh, Convey Sign. You can drop a, a note into there on me on the website, on LinkedIn, or you can email me at Barry, B-A-R-I, at Convey Sign, C-O-N-V-E-Y-S-I-G-N.com. We'll make sure that we have those links available when this does go live. So uh, for people that might be brushing their teeth or driving right now or working <laughs> yeah, out. Please don't do can... what I want to do, which is like <laughs> stop and take the information and, and hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's been, it's been a real honor um, to talk with you again today. I want to thank you for being on here. And for anybody who is listening is looking for vehicle wraps through signage for internal or interior or, or exterior for your business, there is no one else that is going to probably take better care of you than Barry and her team at Convey Signs. So thanks again, Barry, for being a guest. And uh, I look forward to seeing your trajectory continue to grow and where it goes with, uh, with the business. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much for letting me take part today. I've enjoyed it. All right. We'll catch you next time on Lead Through Values.